And we're back. Welcome to the brand new Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host, Brandon David, as always. A couple months ago, start of the year, we launched the Infused brand, which is a once a month video documentary all about how cannabis can make your life better. It's all for consumers. Great stuff over at InfuseShow.com. You should check that out. But we had people in the industry, the hardcore investors, founders that were really learning a lot from investing in cannabis and they want it back. So that's what we're doing and bringing it back only just audio this time. It's going to be on iTunes as well as SoundCloud. And this is for the hardcore listeners, the person trying to get into the industry, trying to learn more, wanting to learn from the guests. It's great content, guys. I'm really excited. It's coming back. Enjoy. This week's guest is Scott Jordan, and he has a new way for cannabis founders to raise money. We've talked about on this show many times how it's really hard to raise money in this industry. And so he says that you should take high interest loans from him. Well, what I say is high interest, about 15%, and then you don't have to give up any equity in your company. It's a new ways to raise money. I hope you learned something, guys. Tune in, listen up, get acquainted. What is Dynamic Alternative Finance? We are a company that uh, provides access to capital for cannabis business owners that are looking to expand their business without diluting their equity. And we provide uh, access to capital uh, through real estate mortgages, equipment leasing, and working capital loans. Got it. And so what type of company would seek you out? You know, what kind of, t- kind of companies do you work with? Companies that are growing and are looking to expand out and be able to expand without diluting their equity, without having to raise additional money, and they want a fast, easy way to obtain $250,000 or more to be able to get the equipment they need, buy the real estate that they want, or obtain working capital for, let's say, build out of their next dispensary or of their kitchen or of something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, we've talked about a lot of times on this show uh, how it's hard to raise money in the cannabis industry. Um, and some of the traditional avenues, you know, small business loans just aren't available. Um, and so, and there are no traditional kind of funds involved up to this point for the most part. Uh, and so there's kind of a couple options. You can get angel dollars, which generally come with a, a high price of equity, like you mentioned, or there's something like this. And that's really sort of the void that you're filling here, right? Is that it's hard to get a small business loan for a cannabis company. Correct. There are no uh, government programs, obviously no SBA, USDA, none of those type of programs are available. And so it's all really friends and family money or um, companies uh, like my, like Dynamic Alternative Finance, where we will um, connect you up with the capital that you need and not require any equity participation. Right. But and that's really our edge and our niche, yeah. I think. And exchange for not taking any equity, though, I would imagine that the uh, the interest rates are, are reasonably high. Can you give me kind of an example of, of how one of these is structured? Sure. Um, we think uh, we think our rates are reasonable considering the risk profile. And again, because of the model that we have, and our model is one of using other people's money in order to fund these deals. So we don't fund these on our own balance sheet. What we do is we have a network of a dozen different uh, lenders and or uh, private money that has already written out checks 
because we've uh, we've recently passed the twenty-seven and a half million dollar mark at market in terms of the amount of we've been uh, responsible for arranging. And congratulations! Thank you, thank you. We think it's a nice number. And what we do is is we um, we use other people's money in order to fund these, and we've got about eighty or so on a waiting list that would like to get the next crack at some deals. And so as a result of that, we're sort of our own little marketplace here where when rates tick down like they did in the fall when uh, people were pretty sure that um, Hillary was going to be elected, uh, more and more people got in. And so uh, because money is a commodity, uh, you know, uh, rates went down. Terms got a little nicer and a little juicier for Mm -hmm. uh, you know, folks that were borrowing. As a result, after the election, uh, we saw le uh, several lenders pull out, and so rates have tipped up a little bit. But the nice part is, is I can use our ability to investors know, hey, you know, I know we were, you were getting fifteen percent, you know, uh, last year, but market rate is really thirteen and a half, thirteen and three quarters. If you like this deal. That's where I would like you to uh, consider pricing it at. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they'll go along with it because they know that I can supply them with deals and uh, they don't have to put feet on the street in order to shop for them. I'm their de facto feet on the street and I'm the one that you know, tees up the deal for them, pre-underwrites it, provides them with the documents, provides them with easy access to the borrower and makes it a smooth, easy process, you know, both for them and the borrower. I see. Um, tell me a little bit more about the profile of someone, uh, one of your investors. I mean, there's a lot of places to park your money, uh, certainly less risky than the cannabis industry. How do you get people interested with all the financial vehicles that are out there, uh, other junk bonds, et cetera? How do you get them interested in, in doing this? Sure. Well, um, it's really a combination. Uh, some of the early investors were uh, marijuana advocates because they, uh, a relative of theirs, a spouse or themselves had been helped by the uh, medicinal value of the plant. And so it was very easy to show them how they could then continue to support um, their, their values. And so we do get some value investors, but we also get, um, you know, some investors and some companies that say, Hey, I, I like to have, you know, a 15%, you know, return. I'm not getting that in, other vehicles and other places and then the third type of investor is one like my real estate uh, I have a pension fund that has been investing in, in cannabis and so we've got some real estate rates um, in the eight and nine percent range on 15-year fixed money mm -hmm. he says hey if the loan to value is low enough um, I like getting that type of return I'm not afraid of the risks I'm not afraid of asset forfeiture or or seizure because the reality is the only way that I'm going to lose my property uh, to someone coming in is if there's a bank loan that's being called. If I'm in first position, I don't have to worry about that. So there's uh, a perceived risk that's different than the actual risk that, that people are, are, uh, are uh, under the false illusions of. And so the reality is, is that he can make an above average return, have a low loan to value, and if he has to take the property back because someone goes out of business, he can then release it 
to another marijuana business owner that's already gone ahead and put in the power upgrades, has already put in the lights, and has a fully functional facility. And generally, the business owner is having to put in about equal to the price of the building in many cases mm -hmm. in terms of lights, power upgrade, FF&E, mm -hmm. other things to make uh, the ability to grow. So he's got an actual to, and, and can lease it even less expensively if he wants because all that FF&E would be in there. And so it's, uh, it, it's a great proposition for people. And many of them realize that the days of prohibition are ending. You know, we're in the, I think in the seventh inning of the ball game that's going to be over here pretty soon here in the U.S. You know, in Canada, they're in the eighth inning. Yep. Uh, some people may even say in the ninth inning. And I think you will see more and more countries. There's over 30 now that marijuana is legal medicinally or uh, for adult use. And you said $27 million in, in uh, total loan value that you've issued so far. What do you think, you know, if we did a, a complete federal legalization at the U.S. level, um, how would that affect your business? What kind of growth would you, would you kind of expect? You know, that's a great question because there's really two sides of the, uh, you know, of the coin here. If things were to be legal, we think the banks are eventually going to get into lending on the space, although I don't think it's going to be right away because banks, and I used to be a banker so I could speak about this, they're risk averse. Uh, if it wasn't for SBA loans, 89% of loans for commercial use would not be made. Mm -hmm. That was an amazing statistic to me. Yeah. So the banks are relying on the federal government's program to take that loan off of their books and get an origination fee. And that's what businesses where they have long history and a lot of data on. So when the marijuana business comes along with hardly any data, you know, the longest we've seen here is in Colorado, they've been operating, you know, four years or so. They're not going to jump in, and I do not expect that the SBA would offer them uh, the ability to, uh, uh, you know, service those loans and get those loans taken out to replenish their capital. Yep. So I think it'll be only a few maverick banks that may get into the real estate end of things. We, um, we focus in really on equipment and working capital, which are very hard to get um, marijuana businesses. And so I think what it would do on the other side of the coin is it would expand out the demand, which the demand right now is off the hook in terms of we are busier than we've ever been. We just hired someone to help me. We probably are, will be looking to hire an additional person because we literally get 10 to 15 inbound calls a day or email inquiries I speak a lot. I just spoke in Washington, D.C. and Toronto um, uh, before audiences. And so people come to us looking for the expertise and the connections that we have to make it easy for them to get the money that they want. And so, yeah, I, I think it would be a mixed bag, but I think it would be overall good. And it would certainly be good for people and the nation because there's such great medicinal value to this plant that we have not been able to adequately study all the cases from the NFL players and the CTE and the, you know, the brain injuries and how that's helped them to, you know, little children seizures have either um, completely ended or a tremendous amount. 
people that has helped with epilepsy, PTSD. Yeah, no question. There's tremendous uh, medicinal value. And I think much research is left to be done there. And I think that they largely find that there's many, many more use cases uh, for medical marijuana than even are thought of today, even though there's a laundry list of uh, examples already today. There's also much to much growth to be had on the recreational side. I mean, I, I see nothing wrong with enjoying cannabis recreationally. Uh, and I'm very happy that we finally started to sort of bifurcate the medical from the recreational because we're almost not doing ourselves a, a service by calling it all medical. It's okay to have a glass of wine and it's also okay to smoke a joint, you know, and, and go on with your life and, and, and do good work. Um, I kind of want to get back to the, the kind of company that comes to you. Are these companies that sure. have um, sort of already pursued traditional funding uh, in the sense of an angel or, or a small fund and been turned down uh, or, or are they coming to you because they, they really don't want to give up that equity to begin with? Generally, uh, they don't want to give up the equity to begin with. They would much rather. I, I have yet to find an entrepreneur that likes to go out and pitch in front of investors for you know equity capital. You know, it just. I would love to see that some at some point in time, but it's a very difficult thing. It takes a long time to get your pitch right. Uh, you deal with a lot of rejection. You spend a lot of money traveling and following up with people, and it's just not fun. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you had a loan application, like if you were going to your local bank and fill out an application for a mortgage, provide them with some documents, get an answer in three, four, five days, it's a much easier process. Plus, you're not taking on additional partners, additional people that are going to tell you how to run your business. Most people got into this business because they had an idea. They want to run their business the way that they think they should run it. And they don't want, you know, Roger Rich guy coming along and telling them what lights they ought to use or, hey, my wife saw this on 60 Minutes and maybe we ought to consider this. You know, they, they are the professional and they want to run their business as they see it and don't want to take on another boss or a board of directors to answer to. Plus, many of them think there's going to be a big buyout at the end, and so they want to be preserve 100% of their equity you know, for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, all that I agree with, uh, but taking high-interest loans is not without its own risk, right? I mean, uh, one of the things that's crucial to uh, early-stage companies is cash. And if you're sucking cash out in form of payments or, uh, you know, there's other structures, royalties, that, that kind of way, I mean, you run the risk of not getting there at all. Uh, what do you tell founders when they, when they say that to you? Um, I tell them, look, you know, let's calculate out what this is actually costing you and let's look at it. So typically sort of the middle of the range of, of equipment and working capital is around currently uh, today in, uh, in late May is uh, – 15 percent so you know if you look at one and a quarter a month these are all short-term loans you know they're two years three years max mm -hmm. so the difference between let's say if you could get a bank rate or bank loan at eight percent is not that much significantly difference and when you factor in the time and effort to find investors pitch investors follow up take your eye off the ball you know, be spending your time instead of running the business, running down money, it pales in comparison, you know, to that. 
plus Uncle Sam picks up uh, a little bit of the uh, expense of that, as it should be a, a, a deductible expense for you know non-plan touching companies. We won't get into the 280e issue here, um, you know, right now, but. Um, you know, it, it's far easier, and then once you establish a track record, it becomes a lot easier to borrow the second time than it does the first time. Yep. And you're not having to get out of a bad marriage. You know, what I hear time and time again, because I'm in Colorado, and there are a lot of partnerships that are breaking up, and uh, the partners are going in separate directions now, and they're coming to me in order to try to get funding to expand mm -hmm. out their business. I just spoke to one very prominent guy that um, had five stores, sold them, and now is getting into another end of the business, and they're seeking debt capital because the marriage, the partnership, was an ugly, nasty um, uh, situation, and they wanted out of it. And so, you know, debt is like dating. <laughs> Equity is like a marriage. It's a, you know, Short -term. It's a whole lot easier to you know, go out on a date, hopefully have a good time, go out on another one. But if it's not good, you end it. As opposed to getting married, it's expensive to get out, and it's expensive to get in sometimes as well. But um, it can create a lot of acrimony and, and a lot of um, hurt feelings, and uh, yeah. much better to date if if all you're if all you're looking for is the money. Yeah, except marriage is about a 50-50 shot. Uh, I bet a lot of venture capitalists wish that it was a 50-50 chance of success in all their yes. portfolio companies. Wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't that be nice? But, you know, you, you got to also count, you know, there's probably in that 50% that did not get divorced, a lot of people that are unhappy and wish they could be single but are hanging on for uh, their own reasons. Yep, yep. Fair enough. Um, okay, so take me back to kind of the structure of one of these. What's an average sure. deal size? You know, what's uh, you know what what the uh, the details of the note look like? Sure. So um, let's take equipment financing. Uh, it'll generally be a two or three year uh, lease with either a, a dollar buyout at the end or a fair market value, not to exceed ten uh, percent. Mm -hmm. And typically, it's first and last payment down maybe 10% down, depending on the strength of the finances. The stronger the finances, the longer they've been in business, the better the balance sheet, the better the rates are. And then they start making monthly payments. And then uh, at the end of the lease term, they either decide if it's a fair market value lease, if there is newer equipment that's come into play or uh, something else that's technologically better, they, can, uh, not, they don't need to own that. They can get the next you know, best piece of equipment, like uh, upgrading to an Apple iPhone. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so that that's typically what it looks like. We do uh, require personal guarantees. Okay. So we are asking the owners to uh, personally guarantee uh, the debt. Um, but uh, Another thing you might not have to do with a venture structure. Um, correct. That, that, yeah. is, that is one of the things. It's just like, you don't have to sign a prenup to go out on a date, but if you got married, <laughs> uh, love you, love your analogy. So, uh, and then what? What's a typical rate? You know, an average rate on on that note? Around fifteen percent. You know, plus, plus or minus two or three, uh, you know, points. Currently, you know, as of the end of May, about fifteen is where it is. It was uh, closer to thirteen uh, prior to uh, Trump getting elected. 
uh, and it's ticked up a little bit because a few people have uh, dropped out. Got it. And then what kind of returns does that mean for, for your investors? They get the, they get the full 15. You know, we act uh, simply as an originator and a, and a, uh, and a source for finding the deal and cleaning it up. And then they get that, uh, you know, entire coupon, uh, and they're responsible for collecting it. We simply charge an origination fee to the borrower for, uh, arranging that loan, much like a mortgage. Yeah. And then, and what's that fee typically look like? Uh, generally, it's anywhere from one and a half on uh, real estate loans or very large deals to 3% on smaller deals. Okay. Got it. Makes sense. Uh, so just doing the math in my head, 27 million total. Hey, you guys are, you guys are doing okay at a, at a percent and yeah. a half or 3%. Yeah. 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 Good we, we're able to keep the lights on and, uh, and pay me to go speak at shows and, and do the other things we need to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so just shifting gears here a little bit, I love to kind of connect the professional work that uh, guests do uh, sort of with their own personal consumption. Cannabis is one of those uh, great industries where most people are in it because they just love this plant. Um, are, you in the, are you in the same boat? Or are, you, are you a consumer yourself? I was, and uh, I gave it up uh, a number of years ago. It's just so powerful these days. It just, you know, overpowers me. Uh, and it amazes me the different, how many different forms there are of consumption these days. It, you know, every week I'm seeing something else new advertised, uh, uh, you know, crumble, shatter, well, obviously shatter and wax are, are um, you know, becoming mainstays now in the concentrates world. But uh, I prefer a good glass of Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. Well, there's certainly ways to use cannabis without getting high. I mean, there's lots of CBD tinctures and, and topicals and things if you have aches and pains. Oh, yeah. So I, have things used it, yes. yeah. I have yeah. used it for that. I've been fortunate enough to, um, to be able to get some relief from some back pain with some uh, topicals. And yes, I, uh, uh, there are some great benefits to uh, CBD and some of the other uh, things that medicinally are um, terrific with marijuana. Do you ever get any pushback from people that, hey, you don't, what are you doing in this industry? You don't, you're not a consumer. Uh, you know, are you in it for the wrong reasons? Do people ever give you that pushback? Never have had that. Nope, never have had that. They're very happy that, uh, you know, there's the source there that um, is credible, that, uh, you know, has loaned or arranged the loans that we have for the industry without giving up equity. Most people are very, very, you know, happy and, care less about my uh, consumption habits um, would rather me be uh, clear-headed and and able to get them the loan at the best possible terms uh, for them. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense to me totally. What I tell people when they they have that complaint is, well, it's really just a testament to how great of an opportunity the cannabis industry is. If you have people that are getting into it that aren't interested in getting high or, or consuming, they're just looking at it purely from a business perspective. So uh, we need as many people, smart people in the industry as possible. Um, yeah, I thank you so much for being on the show, Scott. It was uh, it was really interesting. Uh, and yet yet another way to invest in cannabis and raise money for for your company. Uh, plug some stuff here. How would people get started if they if they wanted to contact you? Sure. Um, probably uh, best way is uh, my email is uh, s as in Scott dot Jordan, J O R D A N at dynealtfinance.com. And that's short for dynamic alternative finance. And it's D Y N A L T 
Absolutely. I think that's as good a place to wrap it up as any. Thanks so much again, Scott, for being on the program and sharing your story. And uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, Thanks a lot, Scott. Thank you very much.